Good evening, Slowpokes, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature. Today we're doing something a little different. We are doing our classic, beloved, year-end bonus episode free to all of our, or not free. It's <laughs> it, This is all behind our paywall for our Patreon subscribers. and This is our most expensive episode, I would say. Very highly produced. Lee goes all out on these. Um he puts a lot of fart sound effects in <laughs> to this one. <laughs> Anyways, so this is our year-end thing. We did one last year. Uh, we like to do it in years where there aren't a lot of new movies, like because theaters are shut down for either all or half of the year, because um, that's just how we do things around here. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. Um, how you guys doing? How about happy, uh, happy end of the year? Thank you. And a happy and I'm doing end of well. the year to you too, Michael. What's that? And a happy end of the year to you too, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, everybody. Um, that's it. We're it's, the episode is over. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Short and to the point. All right, Kit. So you <clears throat> before uh, you uh, before we started recording, <clears throat> excuse me. You had said uh, you wanted us to guess how many movies from 2021 you have seen. Yes. Okay, so Andrew, uh, go first. I mean, I think she had 28 or something. 23 or 28, I think. Okay. I'm going to say it's more. I'm going to say 30. Okay. I'm going to say 40. Okay, it's 30. Hell yeah. What do I get? Oh, what do I get? And only only like 40. Maybe five of them had I seen before the last like two weeks. Okay, so you watched That's, a lot of movies this week. Have, did you work? Yeah. Oh, I've got so much to do right now. Yeah. It was like <laughs> yeah, a jo- it was like a third job, and it was hell, but I did it. Good for you. That's you know what? Seriously, good for you. And it was, and you know what? It was good, and I feel like I get to say maybe. I mean, maybe this is giving things away. I think this was a very good year for movies. <laughs> I do too. I, I think this I year, I think last year was good too. I think um, just like the movie theaters kind of, uh, you know, a lot of the big blockbusters kind of getting moved out of the way has just opened up room for even even movies like Power of the Dog that also ha- were mostly uh, a streaming release, I feel like got maybe a little bit more attention than normal um, just because everybody's at home. There's There's only one category of my watching of my watchings um, where I disliked more movies than I liked. Okay. And my other, and all, almost all of my, all but one of my categories, the, the list is more, much more good than like bad. Interesting. All right. So you have, (laughs) so you've got categories. Yes. My categories are musicals, giant action franchises, um, Oscar bait, uh, quirky little things and cash grabs. Okay, cool. So wh- where do we start? I mean, I feel like you, that's the structure of the show is is your categories. Okay. Let's start with musicals. That sounds fun. 
Okay, that's that's where I wanted to start. A very good place so, to start. Can, we just, can I just can we acknowledge that mm-hmm. you and I are just very just we're simpatico today? You know what I mean? We're just really yes. It's it's good. We're, our cycles in, are in sync. That's got to be it. I mean, does this does this work for you, Mark? How many movies did you watch? Hmm. Uh, I watched. I, I was just counting. I think about fifteen from this year. Um, but if you count movies from last year, then I think this decade is I've watched twenty four because I broke mine up by decade. So like, okay, I uh, I have that too. I didn't count that, but I I I put a top five of non twenty twenty one, okay, quote unquote movies. Uh, which we could should we start with that? Should we start with not twenty twenty one? No. Well, I think okay. <laughs> let's see. Let me start with my my stats real quick, and then I think okay. we should go into twenty twenty one. So, uh, as has been pretty well established on the podcast, I don't see a lot of the newer stuff anymore. Um, I sent an, I, I was talking to Lee via email this week and I said, I just copied this from my email. Cause I was like, well, that's what I would say on the podcast. Um, it's hard for me to prioritize new movies these days. I feel like they're, this is, this goes against what you were saying about how the last two years were good for movies. Uh, I feel like they're very bad in general. And even if one is good, uh, I feel like the only thing anybody has to say about it is that either it did not meet their propaganda standards or they don't care for the director's comments on superhero movies. Uh, <laughs> and so there's just I feel like there's just kind of a very dead film culture. And I know that that's where I'm at. And I know that there's people who still like love movies that come out and they get all excited about what's on streaming or VOD and stuff. Uh, for me, it's just I think I'm just getting old and it's kind of the new stuff has faded for me. I've watched about 320 movies this year and uh they were all basically 300 of them were from, you know, uh, years past or whatever. I just, uh, I just really want to hug you. Yeah. No, I just it's like, wanna, I still want to hold you like, tight. I still like movies a lot. <laughs> I just don't like new movies. Like, I just feel like I'm a little out of step with where new movies are at. Now, that said, I saw some movies this year that I liked, but it's like they all came out in October for some reason. And then so I was like well, for about the month of October, I was excited and then uh, every other month this year has been kind of grim as far as movies go. But uh, I also told Lee uh, that I think my podcast take on the state of the industry uh, is going to be that in a year without a Sonic film, there is no best film. So, <laughs> Well, then next year's looking up. Yes, indeed. I'm excited. I think it's April. Sonic 2. Uh, and Tails yeah. is in that yeah. one. Yeah, they're pushing it. Yep. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's uh, about... 50% of what I watched this year was from either the 1980s or the 1990s. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know about another quarter was before the night. It was the 1970s or the 1960s or the 1950s and the forties. And then it looks like what would that be about 15 to 20% was from 2000 and forward. So, so do you have like favorites from not 2021 that will like what give an honorable mention to you later? I do, which we could do okay. that now or we could wait on that if you want to do what that. What do you later. think, Andrew? Let's get through 2021. Yes. Okay. Yeah, let's start with 2021. Okay. That makes sense. So for starting with musicals, I'm going to start with a film. I'm going I go in reverse order. So I watched 5 musicals. Okay. Um and I'm going to start with the worst and I'm assuming it's a movie neither of you have seen. And that is Dear Evan Hansen. No, but I know about it. I've like followed yeah. the I've followed yeah. the kind of the controversy. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, I will not watch it, but I you love shouldn't. that somebody who looks 
probably even older than they actually are. He does definitely look older than he is. And and is already too old to play the character he's playing. Yes. Is playing a teenager. I think that's very fun. And yet, uh, the the irony of that. So, it is absolutely lethal to the movie to cast Ben Platt as in the, in that role. And he def- he defended it by saying that um you know, everybody was old in Greece, but that's a key difference. Everybody was old. <laughs> He's the only one who's old yeah. in his movie. And then the teen- other teenagers are like played by teenagers. <laughs> so like he's wooing an actual teenager, which I'm not even saying it's creepy. I'm just saying it's like you're you're it's just like it's like a sketch. It's like an, a Saturday Night Live sketch or something. It's just bizarre. But the thing is, he's also the best part of the movie because literally the only thing of any value in the film, I think is, and Lee and I agreed on this is hearing him sing. He's a he's an amazing singer, um, and it's nice to be able to hear him sing. Now they're doing the singing live on set thing, which is just the worst thing to ever happen, um, because like you know, for one thing, the fucking music isn't live. You fucking dildos. Like, why does <laughs> singing have to be live? Um, and I was thinking about this. It's like in the Heights and Tick Tick Boom, which I'll talk about in a moment are both set in real places. They're set in a version of New York that is not like an MGM backlot fantasy. It's like, you know, really New York. And within that naturalistic setting, they still find like creative ways to stage musical numbers. Um, There's not one visual choice in the entirety of Dear Evan Hansen that is interesting in the slightest. Like, the most interesting thing that happens is that a character doing a musical number, like, will jump up on a table. And we're supposed to be, like, shocked by that, I think, because it's like, <laughs> this isn't your... Because it's like, but this is a realistic... It's literally just the, the climactic moment of the movie when he sings, like, his most, like, devastating song. He's standing at the end of a kitchen island just singing at Amy Adams and a guy from Special Victims Unit. Um, It's so... It's it's awful, and it is the and it's it, it's a little bit ironic because I think the main reason that that musical was a success is Ben Platt. So I see why they felt hamstrung into casting him. But another thing that was hailed about the musical was the staging. That the sets were actually very creative, where it would be like a family dinner table, but it's just like surrounded by giant screens displaying like live feeds of social media which to like the broadway going audience is like avant-garde um like it's fucking hacky and stupid i think to a normal person (laughs) but broadway people think that that's like very interesting and so that was like so it was like in that sense like a creatively it was a creative way of staging scenes um and then the movie is like well we'll take the stage show which had a weird like you know techno nightmare take on suburbia and we'll just put it in like regular suburbia <laughs> like it's just very very it's it was it was awful um and truly the perfect union of material and director and Stephen Chbosky like the fucking schlockmeister general who I have hated ever since I read his novel in high school <laughs> I just he's sucks and the movie sucks anyway that's Dear Evan Hansen. Don't see it. I would not recommend it. Thank you. Um, did anyone else see Annette? That's my number four. Never even. No, heard I didn't get to it. But I, I, uh, I do want to. 
have you heard? You said you haven't heard of Annette. Uh huh. Do you know the band Sparks? Uh, I, I, Edgar Wright did a documentary about him. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, I haven't seen that, but I've heard of them through that. So Annette, like this, is a musical, and the screenplay and all the songs were written by the Sparks Brothers. So like they're credited with like writing the movie. Okay. Um, and it's Leo's. Leos Carax. Oh, yeah, um, okay. Holy Motors guy. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't really... Oh. Yeah. that uh, I have heard of that. That was on John Waters' best of list this year. And it was... So I can see that. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say I didn't really care for it. Um, But the music was awesome. The music was... Particularly the opening number I thought was fantastic. And then... um. It reminded me there were some shades of uh, Phantom of the Paradise in it in that it's like a crazy rock opera about people in the arts. And then also Adam Driver's character is often wearing a motorcycle helmet. <laughs> um, but so so I didn't it was I mean, the music was cool. I kind of want to go listen. Just listen to the soundtrack, basically. Um, but it was extremely horny with multiple scenes of cunnilingus. Um, like extended now we're, now scenes we're of talking. cunnilingus. Now yeah. we're talking. So, you know, that was great. Um, but it was. I don't know. A little bit. T- Mike, you might like it. Yeah. I yeah. hear it's weird. It was really weird. I, it was like really, it's very weird. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of Holy Motors, but I also don't really remember like anything about it other than I think there was a limousine at one point. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I think at least two of us have seen West Side Story, my number three musical of Let's the year. Go. What did you think? I loved it. I thought it was yeah. a very good movie. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. Um, I I did want to go back and rewatch the original before doing this because I knew we were going to talk about it. And I do remember us talking about this movie like three years ago or some shit. And, you know, mm-hmm. both agreeing that there's no reason to make it. It's stupid. Why is he doing this? And also this was like around the time he was doing... Ready Player One, and that was so fucking horrible that it was just kind of like, what is happening yeah. to Spielberg? Like even la- even latter day Spielberg, it was like kind of scary. But like, as soon as that opening shot was rolling, I was just like, baby, I am strapped in, and mm-hmm. I might have liked it more than the original. So okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> so yeah, I thought it was good. It, it it's like. It's kind of unimpeachable. And it was better than I thought because I do think because I like the original so much, um, really from a visual point of view. And for me, the opening made me concerned because I think the the opening to the original is like just one of my, it's just, I watch it all the time. It's like one of my favorite things. And the new one, I was like, this isn't better to me. But over time... I think I appreciated that Spielberg was not ashamed to be making a musical as so many people who make musicals seem to be like he's like it had a very classic feel about it, even though, um, you know, like every fucking musical, the innovation is like, but what if we make it more realistic? Um, however, in this case, I think. First of all, increasing the like racial tension between the gangs actually makes the story much better. Mm-hmm. Um, makes it feel more 
tense and explosive. And then also the thing that made me go, oh, this is why we needed this version of West Side Story was the fight uh, where he shoots Bernardo. Good because fight. when they start cracking each other in the head, Lee and I are both like, fuck, this is like, it's like real, yeah, actually brutal instead of like balletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and I thought that was a really interesting choice. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's Spielberg is like, it's extremely realistic, the, but yeah. highly choreographed violence. The other thing, just the, the thing that really stood out to me. Is I mean Spielberg is is one of the only people working today I think that can command a truly just uh, enormous set. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, at least to my eyes, there's little to no. Um, well, there's some, but like just like there's very few like digital set extensions. I, I yeah. don't. I'm not. I'm not seeing a lot of compositing. I'm sure it's all hidden in there, but. It's just like there's a there, when they're walking to the fight and there's that the the bridge is behind them. Yes. And you're just looking at the way the fucking the the background element, the way mm-hmm. that you know, you know that you got some gaffers up on wires who are hanging lights in weird places underneath this bridge that's half a mile away. Um and so just just seeing just seeing that scale and that level yeah. of 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 um thought go into that kind of, st- you know, the, the stuff that I'm not saying that people don't care about it anymore, but like you just, you don't see a lot, like it's like Gone with the Wind. It's that giant, that's the the big shot in, jo- in Gone with the Wind with mm-hmm. all the uh, casualties. The burning you know what I mean? Like you don't, stuff, you don't yeah. get a lot of that Oh anymore. yeah, that one. I um, think, I made me wish that he, I, as I think he might, I want him to do a musical that's not redoing a classic. Sure. And like see see him get to invent more of it because inevitably like you know you're comparing this to of course the original and like looking at all the choices in light of like okay well what is he doing differently or the same and I'd rather what I would like to see him do a musical where I wasn't (laughs) thinking about that the whole time like what okay and which maybe he that maybe that's why he made this part I mean he's had other musicals in the works in his career Mm -hmm. and maybe this was warm up for something more original, which I would, based on this, be interested in seeing. Because his, you know, obviously Spielberg knows how to move a camera. And when you're filming dancing, like, that's great. That's, that's, he, I think his, his camera work complemented the choreography uh, really well. Um, I also thought Ansel Elgort's voice is absolutely gorgeous i thought he was really uh boring in a role that can tend to be boring but i thought he was particularly boring in the acting scenes but i thought his singing was you might be right about that really beautiful um i I really liked the 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 girl she was great too there i mean i have again i have to take what i can get because in some ways this felt what i mean when i say that this wasn't a shame to be a musical is that it was like you know, there were huge dance numbers. Um, it's it's very unwinking at like it doesn't make excuses for like why people are like sure. breaking into song. But also it didn't make people sing live on set, although there was a little bit of that at Ansel Elgort's request. But it works well in the mix and it's not in its entirety. And then there was less auto tune than there usually is in musicals there. I, I, 
in some ways, I found it even more baffling that there was any because these are all total pros who sound beautiful Mm -hmm. and clearly have moments where there is no auto tune. So I'm like, well, why are you ever using it? (laughs) Like, we don't need it. They don't need it. They sound great. Um, I'm so glad I can't hear that. <laughs> oh, you're very lucky. I mean, and yeah. I think, and you are right there with the with most with nine. I mean, when it's bad, nine percent you know, like, of the population, know, I think. When it's Beauty um, and the Beast or something or whatever, I can hear that. Yeah. but like, it's I'm yeah. glad that at least there's like a level where it drops out for me. Um, I I just I I liked I liked that there that it did have a a real world feel to it. But still, kind of jumping on what jumping off what I was saying before. But it still felt very theatrical. Yeah, you know what I exactly. mean. So like, there's you know there's buildings that are crumbling and stuff. But it feels like and 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 you know there's chip painting away. But it feels like somebody really 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 talented went and distressed that wall so mm-hmm. that the paint was uh, peeling away in a way that looks both real but also good. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I yeah I like I just I liked the the, the I mean the mise en scene that's what it is the mise en scene yeah. was was gorgeous. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was not. I was I was anticipating being bummed out <laughs> watching it, and I was not. I was pleasantly surprised, <laughs> which is weird to say about Spielberg, but you know, you never know these days. You were so sure. I mean, I still don't think there's any reason. For, I would never choose to watch it over the original. That will not happen. And I still kind of think the its reason for existing is the only person who needs the movie to exist is Spielberg. But, you know, that's fine. Here's, I, I hope he takes us and goes and makes another musical. Here's what I'll, I'll say. Uh, yes, I think you're right. I... As much as I I don't personally let this uh, impact my enjoyment of an old movie, um, you know, I do think that it it helps to modernize a few things, you know. And if yeah, so if you're go- if you're gonna if you're gonna remake this movie, I lo- I and 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 care about those details. I'm glad it was this dude who did it. Yeah, you know, I somebody appreciate who the choices it. that they did make, the things that they did choose to change. Oh, having a bunch of Spanish in the movie was cool. Like, yeah, no subtitles. Know. I thought that was fun. Yeah, apparently that fun. that's like a controversy, but I thought it was great. Yeah, um, and like Spielberg himself pointed out, he's like, I don't ever use subtitles for. No, oh, yeah. I, he doesn't. He doesn't like using like in Munich. I don't think he. You might be right. Um, I don't think he has usually has this much of a foreign language in the movie. No. Whatever. Um, anyway. All right, Mike, I'm sorry. We will get to a category where you have seen a movie at some no, it's point. Okay. <laughs> um, I wasn't trying to I was I was looking at my teeth, but I wasn't trying no, to like, no problem. Be like on board. I was just um making faces. What do you what do you are you interested in West Side Story? No, I probably won't. I still have never seen the original, so I need to okay. see that. Okay. Okay. But well, probably won't see the new one. I haven't seen okay. a good Spielberg movie in oh, gosh, Bridges how Spies. Long has it been? Twenty sixteen. Bridges Spies. Yeah, Bridges Spies. I did like that one. And actually, I thought Lincoln was fine. I like Lincoln. Oh, Lincoln's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's twenty twelve. But Bridges Spies would be the last. Wow, good one. was that really that long ago? Yeah, almost wow. ten years. Uh huh. Okay, so yeah, probably those two are the last ones. But yeah, Spielberg isn't really like a like a rush out and go see it. I think I think you know I've said this before, but um, there's value in watching a 
a middling movie from somebody who's really, really fucking good at making movies. Sure. You know, like even even when you know it's it's uh, you know I even or Martin Scorsese has definitely made like uh what Shutter Island or whatever. Like even that's like you know an exercise in masterclass filmmaking. Even if the movie kind mm-hmm. of isn't yeah. really that great. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. You know, watch, watch well, the stuff on your list. But uh, it was reassuring after Ready Player One for me, for sure, to see this because Ready Player One is, for me, the only unwatchable movie that Steven Spielberg has ever made. I could not. I couldn't get through it. It's absolutely dreadful. I think I agree with. You. I mean, uh, Always is probably up there with for me. Um, I haven't seen that, so yeah. it's 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 just very s- a sad watch because it's so. I think the problem with it is that it's so boring and i just don't think of spielberg as like a boring filmmaker Mm -hmm. so anyway um okay number two musicals tick tick boom i'm assuming neither of you have seen that uh so i haven't finished it okay (laughs) (laughs) but i i'm in the process of watching it what are you thinking i like it i think it's good it's um it's definitely like comparing it to like west side story um it's 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 a lot more um you know, part of it's the subject matter, but it's just like it's a much cheaper movie, obviously, mm-hmm. um, which is fun, which is fun to watch. I think Andrew Garfield is is, you know, one of one of our treasures. Um, he's he's amazing. Mm-hmm. And like Lee said while we were watching this, like it's absolutely incredible that this isn't the most annoying guy on the planet. Oh, that I know. You can even that you can even stand this human being, let alone actually care about him for the length of a movie. Is uh, you mean Jonathan remarkable. Larson? Jonathan Larson, yes. Yes, okay. It's, yes, it, it's amazing. Here's what I'll say. I see. I actually see a lot of myself in Jonathan Larson. I'm connecting with it on a very oh, deep level. Oh, sure. Because here's the thing. <laughs> Jonathan Larson is a guy who, he can write a song about anything. And mm-hmm. I'm a guy who can turn any existing song into a song about eating pussy. Yes. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and let's hope... You don't meet the same fate. Well, I might have Marfins. You've seen these fingers. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I thought I thought it was interesting. So I didn't know anything. Lee was actually the one who had to explain to me the like background of like where all this music came from and like what this show is and that it's Man, something that he don't fucking spoil it. I'm only halfway through. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's just that this, this was an existing property that got finished by others like oh, yeah. upon his death. Yeah, there's I like different iterations. I was just reading about that on yeah because like, I yeah. was watching it and thinking like this really just feels like alternate universe Rent, and so I kind of assumed that it had been written based on the thing for which he is known, but it actually predates mm-hmm. Rent. Yeah. And it's it was, in addition to just the the joys of like, I honestly, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda as a director fucking killed this. Oh, and I, I is, think so too, yeah. Is great evidence for giving, um, th- I think theatrical directors tend to make good movies. And particularly mm. in this year, tended to make better (laughs) like I think they make good musicals especially but I think they can I think they are create sometimes bring a creativity to the medium that people who are adapting theater for film don't do very well you definitely feel like on a lot of um in a lot of 
play directors that get adapted to film like they don't know what to do with the camera and in this mm -hmm. case it felt like somebody was just like ooh another toy and mm -hmm. oh the possibilities um like i just felt like the camera was very very fluid in a lot of scenes yeah um and yeah, the staging I, of numbers was like it was all different kinds of things there were things that were like well there's a there's a song coming up that i you probably haven't seen yet uh -huh. <laughs> that is very simple staging and I feel like a lot of musicals have this quality where like if there's one song, like Hello Dolly kind of sucks, but there's like one number that's like very fun. Uh -huh. This this musical I didn't think sucked, but there's w still one song that I'm like, I'm going to have to rewatch at least that every once in a while because it's it's it. Boy, did it make me cry. Um, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing that's baffling. In addition to it being being well acted and the song the music being pretty good and the performance and, and the directing being good mm -hmm. it was also fascinating because it's so much like rent but but if rent was actually like kind of okay and funny and moving instead of just the worst thing yeah ever like well yeah it's so similar and yet this isn't the thing he's famous for. The thing he's famous for is a much, much, much worse version of this. Like I would never, ever have believed that the guy who wrote the songs in Rent could have come up with a song that makes that made me cry like like one of the last like the one that's coming. Like it, some of the lyrics are so great and clever mm -hmm. and actually funny. Yeah. And Rent sucks. <laughs> like, I think it's like, whoa. I think it's also really interesting to just like look at it in the wider context of his career. Like looking, there's this, it's sort of this in-between thing, you know, it's, it's, it's about just for Mike, for context, it's about him basically, I think f from what I can tell so far, failing to get his first musical going. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, so he really wrote a musical and it didn't go anywhere. And so then he, writes a musical about writing the musical <laughs> and which apparently according to kit is is kind is a lot like rent and then he <laughs> goes and writes rent which is like this big hit so okay. there's, and he there's died this... and he died the night that rent yeah. was open or the night before rent opened that's uh, oh, when it was it was its, its first off-broadway review i think but um yes it's uh i think that's interesting there's like this 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 sort of um you know there's this creative product pro uh, progression to his career that is like mm -hmm. it's it's you know maybe too short but i think you can see sort of the entire creative process mm -hmm. you know what i mean well, like in the span of his this, career we bring yeah. this movie up a lot um but it's very much ugh, the name's escaping me um the fosse movie all that oh, jazz all that jazz it's like all that jazz but at like the beginning of a guy's <laughs> Yeah, career yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of the end where he's like you're seeing how much this costs him and he's kind of a dick but also you're like but you know he's do he's in pursuit of 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 greatness i don't know it was very it, i thought it was very good and um i really i i think andrew garfield really pulls off quite a trick I love him. He's palatable. one of my personal heroes. He, he's you know, great. He's, he's he's proof that mm. skinny boys can make it. <laughs> uh, um, and it would have been my number one if not for. I'm I'm surprised to say, but Lin Manuel strikes again in the Heights. Oh shit! 
Yeah. You know, I, I gotta say, I, I'm really enjoying this. I feel like you got a little bit of egg on your face <laughs> in this in this category. You know, like, come on, I haven't, I, I've seen so little musicals, uh, mm-hmm. or so few musicals, I should say, and um, I've seen about five minutes of Hamilton over my wife's shoulder while she watched it on her laptop and did not enjoy it. Yeah. But I think, I think I've been, I think I've been the biggest Lin Lin Manuel Miranda apologist. Fan. Yeah, <laughs> just I because I like yeah. him. I like him. Like, uh, um, he did. He was in last season of uh, Curb, making Curb, fun of himself, which mm-hmm. which was my biggest clue that like, oh, this guy's cool because he's funny and he's making fun of himself and the thing that everybody associates him with, and that's great. Um, and then he's got the only thing I remember from. Uh, um, the Mary Poppins. Oh, read. totally. And then also Ugh. just like every interview, he seems like such a dweeb. He looks kind of like a, like a, like he's on, like he's like his, an old man in a way. Like he's got like old man <laughs> mm-hmm. face, like dad, old man face kind of. Um, yeah. Anyway, those, those, those are the good things I have to say about Lin-Manuel Miranda, but I have did not seen see in the Heights, Heights, but I'm going to oh, watch it. God. He did uh, Moana, right? Yes. yes. And oh, yes. And Moana. I Although like I did just I did just watch Encanto, which he did the music for, too, mm-hmm. and thought that all the songs were really boring. So um, anyway, so, I'm glad I'm glad to hear you like In the Heights. And and In the Heights, it's like. He's still not quite my thing, like the okay. music, <laughs> the lyrics, like they make me cringe a little bit, but it's also it's also egg on my face because like I hated Crazy Rich Asians. Oh yeah, that's a that's yeah. John M. Chu is usually not very good. I thought he, I again, it was an example of like it's these naturalistic locations, like all the sets. Like I'm sure that bodega wasn't a real bodega, but it sure fucking felt like a real bodega, and it sure was. I hear the cinematography is incredible. I thought it was, I thought it was great, and it truly feels like them running around the city and being like, let's do something here, and like they still are creative with it. Yeah, I thought that was great. There's a scene. There's a scene. I'll cry right now thinking about it. The old lady's song that she sings in the subway. No idea. Fucking, <laughs> it it fucking destroys me. And that is one where I'm like, I gotta give, I gotta give. The directing is great, and the the staging and the performance of that lady is amazing. But it's also the I think the song is really good. And I will say that in the Heights has a be- has the benefit of like, it's fun to hear all these different kinds of like latin music influences uh-huh. that he can pull from um that really like gives a very unique feel to all the different songs and helps like i think keep the energy up um so that that was really fun um and i just think anthony ramos like you can't not enjoy he's selling this shit so hard and he's such He's so delightful to watch. Like he he was incredible. And there's like lines he says at the end. I'm gonna quote him. And they're so Lin Manuel Miranda y, but they fucking worked for me. Like at the end, he's like, I found found my island. I've been on it this whole time. I cried when he said Merry Christmas, the old building and loan. I'm home. I'm like fuck. I know. God damn. Fuck you, Lin Miranda. But yeah, that was my number one musical of the year in a year that Steven Spielberg made a musical. So hey, musicals are back was, on the menu. That's kind yeah, of surprising. Honestly, I didn't, didn't realize there were that many musicals this year. I'm very encouraged because it has been just a very sad decade for musicals. A truly, probably the worst decade in cinema history for musicals. Um, even, even the decades where they like weren't making them? Yes. Even when there like was the no 70s, sound? 
the, yeah, the yeah, 70s <laughs> has sure yeah the 70s like that there there are you know there's pennies from heaven which is like a weird kind of there there's stuff in there that's like you know anyway i mean isn't cabaret like 1970 um uh yeah so but like this is feels like a bit of a return to like, hey, it's OK for musicals to be like big and like and and silly and earnest um, as much as there's also your dear Evan Hansen's out there. Um, yeah, I'm and, and it was very close between In the Heights and Tick, Tick, Boom. But um, I think In the Heights made me cry more. So <laughs> that's great. I will definitely yeah. watch that. Um, yeah. So uh, I should have announced this at the top of the show. So we have. 50 minutes. Just be aware. Oh, Jesus. Why? Because I got shit to do. I, I allotted 90 minutes for this. I thought that was sufficient. Okay. Well, then I don't know what. So these are the different categories. We might want to skip. We might want to skip for now um, the action franchises because I bet Mike hasn't seen any of that shit either. No, I don't um, want to talk about that, but we can cycle well, but, through it I quick. Mean, but should we go to like Oscar bait now? Yeah, let's or do should Oscar we bait. Go That's to, fun. Okay. Oscar bait. Now, wait. Um, before, we, before we do that, Mike, are you... You have not had an opportunity to say fucking lick because you haven't seen any of these movies. Right. Do you have do you have any desire to uh, jump in and and say anything uh, about, you know, to, to sh- you know, bring it, talk about anything you want to talk about before? Or do you yeah. comfortable with just continuing with this? Let's, format? let's do a, a mic interlude and then we'll, okay. we'll jump let's do into it. Uh, Oscar bait. OK, and I'll be quick. Kit. Um, I um, uh, listened to last year's year end episode that we did. And uh, mm-hmm. you both had mentioned movies that were kind of, if not your favorites, like close to the top uh-huh. and that I had bookmarked like, oh, those sound good. So I'll check them out. Um, so I did try to watch Ammonite and I just couldn't get very far into it. So apologies to Kit. But Andrew, did you see the pussy eating? No, I didn't get that far. See, that that would have brought you. Yeah, that, yeah you, that would have brought you to get the that finish far, line. Then you, you haven't seen Ammonite. Yeah, but. probably you fucked up, buddy. Well, and I was also trying to push like a bunch of new movies plus a couple old movies, like plus a couple of 2020 movies into like mm-hmm. Christmas week. So that was a little uh, busy. All right. But uh, but Andrew, <coughs> I watched mm-hmm. The Vast of Night, which you recommended last mm-hmm. year. Oh, yes. And a Sounds fucking like a incredible movie. movie. I absolutely loved that movie. It was so good. Uh, so this That's has been great. your mic interlude. We now proceed to uh, Oscar. Oscar Bate. Bate. Is that what you said? Yeah. Oscar. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go through my list, but there are probably things on Andrew's list that I haven't seen, I'm assuming. but So, like, I guess jump in. So, uh, Don't Look Up. Um, Didn't I haven't. It. Okay. I haven't seen this many bad performances from Oscar winners since The Post. It is neither the Ar- Armando Iannucci comedy it so obviously wants to be, nor does it feel at all true to life in the manner of contagion. I didn't need a two-hour and 20-minute movie to tell me that all of these people think I'm stupid. Uh, it sucked. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Tyler Perry gives the best performance if that tells you anything. And also, I only made it through one hour, which should comfort Adam McKay in as much as it affirms what he already thinks of me. Um, absolute trash. Do not waste your time on it. Okay. Uh, probably going to win Best Picture, though. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. It's been it's getting panned. People don't really it's like it. I think Power of the Dog is going to win Best Picture. I think so, too. <clears throat> um, number eight, Respect. Didn't see it. Don't even Didn't see it. Okay. What is- Respect is the Aretha Franklin biopic. Oh, wow. Andrew, I didn't even know have, that came out. You would have absolutely hated it because it was like, it was Ray about a lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds, yeah. It was that sounds horrible. Like it looked like, um, that's what it looked in like. The, 
in the very first scene, little Aretha is wandering through a party thrown by her bohemian dad, and she overhears Mary J. Blige say, there's only one queen, me, Dinah Washington. And that tells you pretty much everything I think you need to know <laughs> about that movie. It's, it's fucking horrible. It was a huge bummer. That okay, it's not fucking horrible. The music scenes are really good. The the music, I think the scenes, I think her performance is good, and the scenes of them in the recording studio making music. I know I'm like fucking cuck for that shit, but like I <laughs> loved it, and it was and it was good, and there were little specifics in there that I that I really enjoyed. But so much of the movie is given over to her abusive husband, and it's just such a bummer and i don't yeah. mean it's a bummer because aretha franklin was abused by some jackass but it's a bummer for a movie about aretha franklin to spend that much time on that guy like it sucked that was that sucked um number seven here's one i know you've seen andrew house of goopy oh house okay house of gucci yes a goofy a, a gucci movie a gucci movie an um, extremely gucci movie <laughs> <laughs> One of my, I really did not like this movie. <laughs> Me neither. It's um, it's a pretty wild ride though. Uh, it's I, it needed to be wilder. I had said to you that because Denise and Tara loved it and you thought it was bad, and I was like, I bet I could agree with both of you. But unfortunately, it's just boring. It was so boring. It's very to me. yeah. It's boring. It's really long. It's like two hours and forty minutes or some shit. It's oh, way too fucking God. long. It's so long. Mm-hmm. And nothing happens in the whole. Movie. Not really. No. No. Oh. But yeah, I but you but horrible. you do you do agree that uh that the possibly the most insane thing maybe in a movie all year is uh any scene with Jared Leto and Al Pacino together. <laughs> but like, they're like trying to out more, Mario each other. We needed other. more it's, of that. Yes. <laughs> well, no, if they made that the whole movie and like made it kind of gonzo, like maybe that would have been yeah. fine, but like yes. this yeah, what what we what we got was and also it just it it you know, I was, it's funny because I was, you know, talking about, um, you know, directors who uh, who make bad movies and it still being kind of interesting. I think movies like this are the exception to that rule. Like, mm-hmm. it's, this was one I wish yeah. I hadn't seen. It didn't look very good to me. I thought the color no. was just, like, drab and boring and blue. Um, and the, I thought the accents were genuinely distracting. Like, Oh, they're horrible. G- genuinely watching these people pretend to be Italian, as you said, competing to be Mario, was, it was, it was awful. Yeah, I hated it. Um, And I also think to much, I, I was appalled to find that it's kind of a comedy, I think. And if there's one thing Ridley yeah. Scott ain't, it's funny. Like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> was, like, like that sex scene, I'm like, how am I supposed to be taking this? Like what? Oh, the like the like, like porno sex scene. The one where they're like it. It reminded me of Showgirls, where he's oh, yeah. just like jackhammering into her. I'm like, what? What am I supposed to be thinking here, Ridley Scott? <laughs> I don't know. No. It was See, that it one, was truly that's baffling. For him, Kit. That's for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and number six, just above House of Goopy, uh, the last duel, which I watched today. Um, yeah, okay. okay. And I know you guys loved that movie. Oh no. I I again thought it was just like this is so long. It's it was so long. Interesting. Okay. And I felt that 
so once it kind of reveals its premise, which is basically with the second chapter, which mm-hmm. a premise I think is interesting, like medieval rape Rashomon, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're 45 minutes into the movie. It's 45 minutes before you're like, oh, I was supposed to be paying attention to that Matt Damon shit. You know? Well, <laughs> I didn't run into that problem. <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was my issue. Where, and and I, I felt like a foghorn should have accompanied Matt Damon's every entrance onto the screen. Because, like, Adam Driver's playing a fucking creep, too. But at least... I, but I'm still, like, in the movie when he's there. And Jodie Comer was great. But I thought, I do not... I did. I I did. I don't think I got this one. Wow. What about Affleck though? I thought Affleck was great. He was fine, but again, I felt again the tone. Here's the thing. I think Rashomon. It wasn't different enough because I feel I feel watching it, the Rashomon aspect was more than just the content of the different versions. Right there, I swear to God, Adam Driver's section even looks brighter like like the sky's more blue in his section there's there's things about there's more jokes there's more comedy you know he and ben are there were there i mean the scenes of him and of him and ben hanging out i was good but i was like but i feel like i'm in a completely different movie now like I think that that's I, intentional i feel but like- i don't think it was enough it didn't feel i didn't feel authorial control over I mean, I guess. any of that so i really liked the last duel uh, mm-hmm. It was my number three for this year, uh, which is not saying much because I only saw like a dozen movies and I hated about half of them. But um, I think I would agree it was uneven. Uh, I think in a in a year where I'd seen more, it probably wouldn't make my top five. But like I went into the theater uh, just totally. I didn't I had no idea what it was about. All I knew is it was mm-hmm. something medieval. It was Ridley Scott and it was Matt Damon and Adam Driver. I don't even remember if I knew Ben Affleck was in it. And it was like I had I took a whole week off. And so I, it was like the final day of my vacation. That's what you that's the like, amount of time you would need to watch this movie. Right. Yeah, true. No, but I was like, what, like, how often in my life am I going to have an opportunity to go see a two hour, 30 minute, you know, movie that I know nothing about? And I was the only person in the theater. So basically what I liked most about it was the uh, the medieval atmosphere, the castles and all that kind of stuff. The The story I was like, OK, I think, you know, like we've seen it before with. Rashomon but like it was like they did a fine job with it and I was interested and I also felt like it was like again it was uneven but it was it was like every time I started to get bored with like you know I think it was divided into three three chapters Mm -hmm. yes and every time I either started to get bored or feel like it was repeating itself something would change or something would catch my interest and I was like you know back on board or whatever so I thought it was a fine movie I felt that the production design well, magnificent, magisterial. Mm-hmm. And again, on a technical level, it's a pretty unimpeachable film, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it to me, it was like the crucible spending the first like 35 minutes establishing an extremely expensive, <clears throat> historically accurate like setting. It's like, yeah. that's not really the fucking point. And in some ways works against the point because it's very obvious from the beginning that this is not a this is a movie about now it's not it's not and oh, nothing sure. and i'm and i'm happy with that i'm happy that everyone doesn't talk in a way that's like you know they talk like us basically like it's you know i think that's fine but in some ways the like 
Ben-Hur magnificence of it all felt at odds with like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon being in it. <laughs> anyway, I don't. But it, but I didn't think it was I didn't think it was bad, and it's also just like so not for me. I would never have watched that movie if it wasn't for this episode. Of well, I will say I will say that I, I thought beyond a shadow of a doubt that I would never seen this movie would have never seen this movie just based on it's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck making a movie together, which is a thing like by themselves I have no problem with, but there's just something so uh, you know it'd be like. I mean, it's like it's like it's like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger doing a movie together, but uh, <laughs> not being self-aware in a way. <laughs> so there's something like it's just, and then the the pictures of their haircuts. It was just yeah. like I don't think I can look at that for two hours or three hours <laughs> or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, this movie knocked my socks off. I thought uh, <laughs> I'm I loved it. I mean, the world, a lot of it was the world. Like I really liked. I really liked like. Uh, just these people living like even in the even in even Ben Aff like you know they kind of even the people who are living the best are still living in these places that look shitty <laughs> and cold and probably have mold growing everywhere. So I liked I liked that. I feel like that's kind of rare. I feel like most most mo you know most movies are uh you know that are set in in the Middle Ages uh have more of a um affinity to something like a knight's tale than something like mm -hmm. this um i loved i thought the you know I, I agree it's a movie about right now but they did it in in a way that felt um very thoughtful uh it didn't feel like it was checking political boxes um yeah which i i i, I you know i it's kind of rare and i'm surprised that we got that from ridley scott um I liked all the performances. I thought they were all very good. And I thought the movie was also like kind of funny at times, which was fun. Um I think I think the the I I and I don't maybe I wasn't supposed to laugh out loud, but I did legitimately chuckle at the point in the movie where they've just where all the men have decided that they're going to have a duel and the, the and if and if Matt Damon loses, they're going to burn Jodie Comer at the stake, and she's like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's great. That's funny. I mean, it's hor horrifying for sure. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, I mean, for, to, to me, this is like Ridley Scott's third best movie. Like, after, like, you've got Alien and Blade Runner, and then you've got decades of some very good movies, you know, like people, you know, you got a lot of gladiator weirdos out there. I don't want to offend anybody. Um, you know, Thumb and Louise, great movie. There's a few others that I think are, are you know, you know, the uh, kind of grade A movies. But I don't think anything other than this gets anywhere close to Blade Runner and Alien. Yeah, um, that was, and it's that was just, another part of the reason why I, like, was so pleasantly surprised. It was because I kind of went into it being like, eh, Ridley Scott, like, you know, like, I thought The Martian was fine. But, but yeah, yeah, it's like a that's a movie that is a movie I like, but it is not. Heaven. It's not the same guy who made Alien, right? Um, and this, this, this felt like there was enough going on under the surface. There was um, enough nuance to to uh, to carry it for me. Okay, right. I liked it. Okay, number five on the Oscar bait list: uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Didn't um, see it. Looked really bad. Is I it bad? She, she, yes, she won me over. 
Really? I'm not a big Jessica Chastain fan, but her performance won me over. Okay. And it's not just making fun of religion the whole time. I think the problem for the movie is, one, it's a very traditional biopic. It tries to tell her whole life in the movie. And also, it's about him as much as it's about her. And that's really mm. a problem because like, the key scene for me... And the whole movie just should have been about this this event in her life. But one of the most famous things that Tammy Faye ever did was interview an HIV positive pastor on her show. Um, and that scene is, of course, in the movie. And it's like, a, you know, it's basically recreating what actually happened. And it's really riveting. And we keep cutting away to Andrew Garfield talking to Vincent D'Onofrio's Jerry Falwell about how this is going to affect him being a scam artist, basically. Uh. And it's like... Can I watch the thing about that's interesting that's happening just over there, please? And it just he comp he complicates any story of her a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have been more interesting to be able to focus on her. Um, and, you know, it wasn't great besides that, but it was like it would have been better, um, even though, you know, I, I like Andrew Garfield and he's fine in the movie. But it was just God, like, you watch so many movies. I know. Um Okay, number four, Power of the Dog. Oh boy, here we go. I really liked it. Oh, I thought thank it was God. great. Oh, I, I, thought needed, it was, I needed a win here, guys. That's what I'm saying is like my top <laughs> four are all movies that I liked a lot in this category, I mean. Good. Um, I, I think it's a movie about the timelessness of being gay, which I find so funny uh, <laughs> that Lee had no idea that this movie was about gay people until he was until they find his porno stash. Is in, that's amazing? In, as soon as he starts talking about a dude named Bronco Henry, I knew I'm just from the like, trailer. Oh, this is so gay. I knew from the trailer that it was gay. From the I moment didn't. that Benedict oh, the flowers anyway. too. When he when he's looking at the flowers and he's like caressing them and then sets them on fire, I'm just like, oh yeah, dude. You've got a boner right now. And I also think Lee made a good point about Benedict Cumberbatch performance. I think he's good. I think he's weird. I think he's doing like a like a John Wayne impression. But Lee said yes, like that's that's great. That's I thought exactly. that's the point. Yeah. Lee was like, oh, but I think that makes sense. Like he has to try really hard to Absolutely. it's like an impression of a cowboy. And Jesse Plemons is just he's not even in it that much. He's fantastic. He's wonderful. Um, I thought it was kind of a bummer of a role for Kirsten Dunst. Um, kind yeah. of just cliche alcoholic mom. Like Kirsten Dunst loves playing depressed characters and she's great at it. Um, yeah. But this, her depressed characters usually still have a bit of like contrarian spunk to yeah. them. And this lady was just fucking sad. Like, it was pretty sad. She was that, good though. That I I mean, wasn't, she, was, she wasn't bad, but it was just like a, like man, <laughs> I wish she had a cool role in a Jane Campion movie. Um, I here's what what I really what I really liked about the movie is it felt very lean in its construction. It mm -hmm. felt like it was everything was just. I, I mean, this is like you know should be filmmaking one hundred and one, but it's just like all of the information is there. It's all very very obvious, but it doesn't hit you. It doesn't hit you over the head with it. So you know when. When you do get to, you know, the reveal, probably not for you, but for the other <laughs> idiots in the world, um, I think it's like, a, it's like a, there's a nice little bit of a reveal, but I don't feel like anything was being withheld from me. Um, no. I don't know. I just, I just think it, it's I, a very, it's a very well-written and well-directed movie. Um, it's, there were was, all, there were shots in this that are just like, you, they're so complicated 
and yeah. brilliant, mm-hmm. but they are, you don't like, I'm like, oh, wait a second. What did she just do? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And like the scenery is just fucking oh, beautiful. Incredible. Those, those, uh, those wide shots are insane. Yeah. Mind blowing. Um, two further remarks. Um, it's a lot like, uh, HUD, the movie HUD and HUD will come up again in my notes. And then also I thought it was hilarious. They flew only Native American actor alive, Adam Beach, to New Zealand to utter not one line. <laughs> did you notice that that was him? I did notice it was Adam Beach. I saw I, him in profile I, and I was like, is that fucking Adam? They flew uh, Adam Beach to New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he didn't utter a line. That's funny. I did. I did. Uh, I sat up and said, Denise, that's Adam Beach. She said, who's Adam too. Beach? <laughs> I was I could not believe that I was like wow still still the only Native American actor in Hollywood um well the other what's who's the other guy the hostiles guy uh oh yeah but he's not in everything last last the most he pretty close (coughs) him Um, okay go ahead number three uh Minari oh yeah which feels like a last year movie but actually was a this year movie really Um, I'm surprised I thought it was last year uh just I mean it was beautifully shot grandma's amazing completely deserved the fucking Oscar. great movie fucking very great terrence malicky wonderful yeah. sound but yeah maybe very terrence malicky but uh it doesn't move at a snail's pace no yes. no um really sad really fucking sad but <laughs> i was just like but, but yeah ends on a hopeful but note. happy that's the thing it's sad yeah. like that's the if if you can make i mean it's 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 uh it's it's like moonlight for me or something you know where it's mm-hmm. like there's so much sad shit here but also this is not a miserable experience and ultimately some good comes you know out of this yeah. whole thing okay. um number 2 spencer didn't see it don't want I to. loved it. That's okay. my favorite score of the year. The Johnny Greenwood score is fantastic. It oh, was love very Kubrick. It felt extremely Kubrick to me. That's uh, um, pa- Pablo Lorraine? Yes. Is that his name? Okay. Yeah, yeah. he did. Uh, I... d- d- what did he do? He did. Uh, the... Jackie. Jackie. Yes. Okay. Um, I thought the cinematography was fantastic. And I, I love the script. I thought she was great. But, great. but it's weird. His movies are very weird. And it's a For very sure. weird performance, and it's kind of sort of a horror. It, it, it it's. I wonder really if in the end she will end up with the Oscar because I feel like first of all, Oscar voters are not going to watch this weird little movie, and it is just a weird performance. But I I really enjoy. I really. I mean, yeah, I really liked it. Okay. I thought it. I thought it was really good, and the score in particular was like amazing. Maybe I will watch. Um. And then number one for me, I can't tell you how much I wanted to hate this movie. I was so prepared to hate everything about this movie. Fucking being the Ricardos. Oh, really? You liked oh, yeah. it? Okay. I I was gonna watch it, really but liked I liked it. It's okay. All right, I'll watch it. I I, I mean, thought I, I thought I thought you kind of talked me out of watching same it. Same here. <laughs> I thought the trailer looked horrible. I. Aaron Sorkin doesn't think I Love Lucy is funny. Like, he talks about the show, and he's like, I mean, nobody actually thinks that's funny. And I'm like, everybody thinks I Love... Like, I Love Lucy is one of the few things from old TV that most people agree is pretty fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Nicole Nicole and Javier are way too old to be playing these people whom they look nothing like. Um, and 
they have the audacity to show them when they met too, you know, when they're in their like twenties. Yeah. Um, and it's it's absurd, but it it's it's focused on one week in their lives, which takes care of a ton of, you know, problems right there. And of course, in true in true Sorkin fashion, it's completely lionizes writers and writing, but I'm a writer and I love just watching Lucy nitpick like teeny tiny little things in the writing of like, this doesn't make sense. This wouldn't happen. Like, that's like, cool. Yeah, I could watch that all day. Like the the linchpin of the movie is her obsessing about this one fucking detail in the story mm-hmm. of this of the of the episode they're going to shoot. And it's like, well, relatable. You know, <laughs> like I, I and Nicole Kidman. It's so funny because. Nicole Kidman sounds like an Australian lady no matter what she's doing. Like, she doesn't sound American, even though she plays an American all the time. And here she's playing one of the most American of Americans, you know, like an American icon. And she does still sound Australian. But I'll be fucking damned if she doesn't also sound exactly like Lucille Ball. (laughs) There were, I had to, it took me so long to watch the movie because I kept rewinding to be like, that is chilling how much she talks (laughs) like her. Now, her face doesn't move that much, which is kind of a, doesn't work great for playing Lucy, but I thought I thought it was great. Cool. I'll check that out. Yeah, I will watch it too. So I separated out a category of quirky little things. Wait, wait, hang on, does... hang on, hang yeah. on. I think it's time for their mic interlude. Also, oh, yeah. okay. we have, we've got about 25 minutes. God 25, damn it. Okay. Well, so I might buy it have... sometime, but just... We'll yeah, be uh, short and sweet. Uh, I watched a film, a documentary film from 2020, uh, this year called The Last Blockbuster, which is a documentary about a mm. blockbuster, the last blockbuster, and it's out there in Oregon <laughs> with you, Andrew. Little yeah, you know, it's down in, I know, I think, in Bend. Yeah, I, it's right yeah. next to my grandmother's house. Okay, yeah, you sent me uh, like a bumper sticker from there one time, uh-huh. and uh, some movies. Guys, anyways, it was a very good documentary. I really enjoyed it. Really, I thought I would uh, mention it on the the show. Was it, it kind did. of big? Was that? Is it teeny tiny? Was it like very independent or very independent? Yeah, I think it was like a crowdfunded thing, possibly. I was going to say it sounds like a crowdfunded project. Yeah, but it was good. I mean, I like I love video stores. I would live in a video Mm -hmm. store, and it's just like, oh, cool, these people are out there keeping it alive, and uh, yeah, it was real sweet. I liked it a lot. I know that they were doing um, like Airbnb nights Mm -hmm. at the video store, so you Mm -hmm. could potentially live in that video store. Hey. Okay, so this is now quirky little things, which hopefully Mike has seen some of these. Um, number <laughs> I do seven, feel bad for Mike. <laughs> number seven, French Exit. Um, didn't see really it. bad, just quirky rich white people. Bummer. I didn't like it. Um, I was really looking forward to seeing that. Me too. too. I, li- I just just from the poster, really. I and it got and it, I love Lucas Hedges and Michelle yeah, Pfeiffer got great. good good notices, but yeah, I thought it sucked. Um, there was an arm wrestling scene though that you would really like, Andrew. Cool. Um, Number six for me, Last Night in Soho. Um, oh, I did not like that movie very much. I did not either. I, I thought it was that. beautiful. It's I thought gorgeous. It was great costumes. The lead gals are both compelling, but it was just like uh, one thing soulless. I yeah, a little soulless. Um, and I I I didn't the 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 sort of like magic of the movie doesn't totally make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the dude that um, what's her name? Thomas Matt- McKenzie. Is that yeah. her name? The dude that she, is like her love interest, I just feel bad for that dude. Like, there's like a um, a mismatch of like how crazy her behavior yeah. gets with how understanding he is. I know. It, yeah, it doesn't know. it doesn't fit the movie. Um, 
and and I hate and like th- th- as I said, the magic of it. I don't feel like Edgar Wright either understands well, it completely or yeah. communicates what it is because it, it it there's just a reveal that all of a sudden everything she's seen that is so vivid to the point of driving her to a mental breakdown um, is actually wrong and she was actually yeah. seeing the wrong thing. So I don't, I yeah. just don't understand how that works. Yeah, who's yeah. in control say of that, these visions? She's what's that? <laughs> who's controlling? Because obviously it suits no clue. the murderess for that yeah. to be, the, but like she's not a witch yeah. making her see these things. No clue, yeah. So I, I, I thought it looked very good. I will say that like that first you know, night where she kind of comes yeah. out into the 60s and she walks out into the road and there's the big marquee. It's, it's just It's just so stunning. And then when, you know, they're, they're, when she's... The uh, dance. Yes, the dance. The fact and that they actually and did it. Of course, you can tell. You can tell Amazing. that she's just yeah, ducking behind the camera. And Anna, Anya Taylor-Joy is just stepping. And it's like, that's that's beautiful. That's the kind of yeah. thing I'm looking for from Edgar Wright. So there was there was some stuff in it that felt very cool. I like that... I like that Edgar Wright wants, you know, he wants to make, like, he wants to be a big boy and make, uh, like, a, a, I don't know, a more serious movie, I guess. I thought that was, uh, like, I have, I, 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 I like the idea of him making a, a, a time-traveling murder movie. Um, that's cool. Um, and I like that it wasn't, um, like, too tongue-in-cheek. I like that he was not, necess- you know, not, not relying on the same tricks that he always does. Not that I think those tricks are bad. Like, I think, I think they've culminated in some great stuff, but it was just, it, it, I like that he's trying to push himself. I just, this wasn't mm-hmm. it. Well, yeah. I had just watched Baby Driver before this, and uh-huh. I really, really enjoyed it. it. The ending fucking devastated me and made me a oh. little bit mad. But yeah. um, I, I to me, I have like a more cynical take on this. I feel like Edgar Wright realized he had never made a movie about a woman, and then he decided to do that, but he couldn't figure out how to make it as fun as all of his other movies, because it's just like, sure. well, it has to be about rape, right? Um, (laughs) like it can't just be like a gleeful homage to giallo movies in the 60s because like you know it's like and it it seems like the movie is like punishing Thomason for her nostalgia Thomason's character but then the movie's also only like alive when it's being as like as nostalgic as possible and I just think like empowerment and giallo are like maybe kind of like a bad (laughs) maybe Like, or like we're not into the exploitation of movies of women, but like we love this genre. <laughs> like, I think you could be right. I also, I also think the opposite, which is, I think, I think like the fact that they're so at odds with each other could be like, and he's the one to do it, but yeah, it did it just, not work. He just didn't. Yeah. Mike, what'd you think? It was weird. It was weird how lifeless this one was. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. It felt very soulless. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> Anybody watch the electrical life of Louis Wayne? <laughs> no, I'm another so Benedict sad Cumberbatch movie. <laughs> have not seen like seventy well, percent of the I movies liked, that you're talking about. Well, I liked it. I liked it more than last night in Soho. I thought it was uh, very. Um, it was very psychedelic, very beautiful, very romantic. A little bit self serious and definitely trying to subvert like the conventional biopic thing. Um, it was a little bit pleased with its own quirkiness. Um, also just fucking sad like it seems to reflect this guy's actual life but it was just like decline like just a slow decline into shit and like anyway it had that thing where like characters come and tell us exactly what the movie's about but anyway it was interesting interesting guy interesting subject and a very kind of psychedelic take on his life which was cool um number four the green knight come on we've seen this right of course i watched like the first 20 minutes and then i turned it off (laughs) 
Oh, oh my god. I loved it. Yay! Yeah, something's I think Mike, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I it think looks, so too. This is this is you're breaking my heart, bro. It was really slow. I liked the tree guy. Oh, it was. But then everything else, I was like, this is just slow and boring. I loved, I loved the shot. That's part of what I liked about it is yeah, like absolutely. when he's riding away from Camelot mm-hmm. and it's just a long ass shot of him just getting further and further away. I'm yeah. like, this is great. And then like that, I was telling Lee like the sheep cross the road and then the guy who's tending to the sheep also looks like a sheep. I, lo- I thought the costumes, this was the second best looking movie of the year to me. I thought Beautiful. It, so it stunning. Was so gorgeous. The costumes are amazing. I thought the makeup was also incredible. The way that mm-hmm. it like emphasized people's like wrinkles and stuff and made like them look like wooden or something. It was just I want all the stuff that's in this movie. It's it was it was gorgeous. And Dev Patel is now the like official king of making books I don't like into movies I do like. And because this is his second year running. Um last year my favorite my movie of the year was the narrative of uh, David Copperfield. Oh, and y- the, yes, yes. That's a that was a great movie. Um, yeah, and I really liked this, and he was great. He's great. He's just so. It was very the vi- the witch too. This movie. Oh yeah, very 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 the witch. Of course. Um, yeah, I I I, I loved this one. I mean, it was um, it's definitely it's definitely slow, but there's just it's a feast for the eyes. I mean, there's so much to look at. Um, the ending where he's just sitting in that glade, like waiting for. I love it was that ending. So beautiful. <laughs> it was so fun. It was so you know. I, I kind of came away with um, you know a lot of questions and and just you know I have never read uh, Sir Gawain, so you know, I hate but, it. <laughs> well, great. I, then I won't read it. But I but I just like I had to go back and kind of and and get some sort of understanding and and kind of know. But you know, there's so many like fun little things that David Lowry did to kind of to to make it into a movie. Um, yeah. That's fun to 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 read about. Um, I, I think the actual like the actual ending is very cool. Um, yes. It's sort of like the uh, loved it. It's the it's the 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 top at the end of Inception, but better. Uh, Way better, of course. But it's but it's it's that kind of ending. And, and it was uh, really it's we see a lot of. I mean, he really did make a myth. I feel like, like he made a movie that's a myth, like it, it which yeah. is not easy. Um, I thought it was great. Um, and yet it's still number four on this category. Okay, let's do it. Let's keep going. Number three. I just watched it before this podcast. Red Rocket. Has anyone seen it? Yes, I saw it two nights ago. I felt, and I'm nervous. I was like, Andrew is going to love this. No. Oh, my God. Really? You were so excited for that movie. I love Sean Baker. I love Tangerine. I love The Florida Project. Um, I, I also so I also funny. just found out today that I know the cinematographer. Um, oh wow! Cool. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, it's there's something that do- I I thought it was very smart. I was actually talking with Brandon about it the other night, um, or yesterday really. Um, and I think it's an interesting look at poverty. Um, and it is funny, but and this isn't really a problem with the movie. It's more a problem with me. Is I just I couldn't, I couldn't reconcile what this dude was doing to these people and mostly that child, um, and and the level of consequence at the end of the movie. Um, it's just it was hard to it was hard for me to be with a character who I'm not necessarily rooting for, 
but I'm enjoying watching because the performance is so kind of like it's so big and it's fun and um and he's a huge piece of shit and everything is so um you know uh saturated and fun to look at and then he's also just absolutely a monster. Um I think and that's then, what the movie is. I know, but I I can't I can't I can't come away at the end feeling like Boy, I really enjoyed that, and I'm very satisfied because this I needed is, to see his. I needed to see his like bones get ground into dust or something. It just didn't. <laughs> this is the other movie for me that is HUD because it's about just a despicable narcissist who is very watchable. Like very, I thought he was fantastic. It was like the way that McConaughey used to be before he knew that that was his whole thing. Yeah, you know. Or, or it's reminded me of like George Clooney and O Brother, but like less annoying. Like I thought it was such a good performance. But those of... are like fantasies. This didn't feel like a fantasy to me. This no, felt I know, like but it's a, still like a very I know much in the real like world. And that's this. the thing is you're you're putting a big manic performance against not you know virt- people who feel like they're probably not actors. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just like these people that he is surrounded by are hanging on by a thread, and they're very very real to me. And he is just a tornado of destruction. You know, I, I was I was thinking about things like Wolf of Wall Street, and um, you know, and all the you know the the sort of uh, mm-hmm. all of the more Scorsese movies. Um, and it's like at least with those, I it's it's so like insane. And also, all the people they're hurt, a lot of the people they're hurting are either off screen or super shitty anyway. So it's like you can kind of get on board with the insanity of it. And with this, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just, I feel I'm laughing, but I can't reconcile that with the, the devastation. I also feel the fucking, the fucking reveal of the accident. Oh my God. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a, it's so a well-made funny. movie. Like I'll say that again. One more thing that I want to say is that I, I, maybe this isn't fair to Sean Baker, but I just Tangerine and Florida project are also devastating movies. But there's, there's, there's some, there's some inkling of hope, even if it is just a fantasy. But that's, there's some that's level the hope, of hope Andrew. that I feel like we can all kind of grasp. And at the and the end of this movie, which I think there maybe is like a little bit of of, is, of hope in the last moment. That's what I think the point. Not enough. That's why he's. That's why I, he's brilliant. There's all those shots in the movie of Simon Rex not even on screen, and it's just women listening to him talk. And you're seeing their reactions to mm-hmm. him just fucking babbling yeah. away. And then the end of the movie, they get rid of him. <laughs> they get, He's gone. Like, that's that's the hope, I think. That's the victory. Maybe. Is Spoiler they, alert. Is they banish this asshole. Yeah, they, they ban all these people, all these kind people band together and get rid of this piece of shit. And I'm like... That's victory, baby. I thought it. I thought it was fan. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was so good. I thought he was awesome, and I really he was awesome. He keeps doing stuff because he was so he was so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, from Scary Movie three, four, and five mm-hmm. to this, pretty impressive. <laughs> yes, from I used to watch him on What I Like About You, that Amanda Bynes like WB show. Wow. Um. Yeah. Um. Okay. Number two, <laughs> the French Dispatch. Uh, um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> Mike got one. <laughs> you, 
Uh, we we haven't really like synced on Wes Anderson for quite a while, so that was that was I, my number one movie of the year, The French Dispatch. It oh, is wow. my it shares number one for me. Okay, really? Okay. Yes, I think that I know that there's bias in what you've seen recently. Although I did just watch the Royal Tenenbaums like in December, like not that long ago. The Concrete Masterpiece is the best thing he's ever done. Yeah, for my money, Very it's. Cool. By a lot. It's the most beautiful thing he's ever made and the most moving. Benicio Del Toro is my definitely my best actor yeah. this year. I thought he was incredible. Um, I mean, it's Wes and- Anderson plus editor jokes plus art. So, <laughs> I mean, it it was it's <laughs> I watched it again the next day. Um, I think it I think it has some of it falls into some of the traps that tend to befall like any um anthology because the first one for me was like so the best one and then the second one's like the least good is still good still worth watching the third one's really good but it's still not as good as the first one <laughs> so that's how i felt anyway although jeffrey wright would maybe be my second best performance of the- he was great mm-hmm. um but it's it's beautiful it's it's really really beautiful yeah i really liked it I guess oh, I know I know time is crunched, but uh, all I, I bought add... us I bought us ten more yeah. minutes. Okay, cool. Uh, well, yeah, and I'll still go quick because I know we got a lot. But um, yes, the only thing I would add is I went to go see it in theaters in October, and it was really nice to go sit down to this. Uh, Sarah Sarah went with me, and it was just like I know that people don't like the dollhouse stuff with some of Wes Anderson's movies or with all of them, but like it just I felt like I was just in this thing. For, mm-hmm. I don't know, two hours or whatever it is. And it was very brisk. It was fun. It was interesting. It was smart. Yeah. It was kind of, you know, brushing up against poignant, but never like too poignant. I, I don't know. It's just like, I really just didn't think about anything other than the movie for its duration. And uh, I had a great yes. time. And, and it, it, it looks so good. And it's like, it's, it's so incredible. well designed. And it's just, and it's, I, I don't quite get how he can do movies like this as quickly as he does like he does animated and it's like it's it's still two years or whatever between each movie but it's like like how did how did they make this like i I don't know i just marvel this amount of ideas what's that (laughs) how did he come up with this many ideas for what he even wanted to the sheer number of films referenced is like like you know there's obviously tons of rafifi there's a lot of like jacques tati which i thought was really fun but it's just like to even watch the amount of the number of movies he would have to watch and then go, okay, I'll do this and this part. It's, it's, it's fucking insane. Yeah. It's, well, and, it's it's, just, and it's to so do all well that written. and still have it be his, it's funny as fuck. It's yeah. moving it to me. It combined everything because people don't like Darjeel, Darjeeling, right? Yeah. Right. But one thing I liked about the, about Darjeeling at the time, I haven't seen it in a while is there was a maturity to it, like a maturity to the subject matter and like less of a of that dollhouse thing in a certain yeah. way. And I kind of liked that. This movie is like the most dollhousey thing he's ever done, probably, mm-hmm. but still has some of the maturity in the themes and in the way things are handled that. It it just combined everything that he's the best at. Yeah, I thought I mean, it's the biggest cast he's ever <laughs> yeah um it's more narration than he's ever (laughs) like it's tons and tons and tons of narration i also thought i thought tilda swinton could be like best supporting actress for me too i thought she was fucking hilarious yeah um it was so genuinely pretty funny it was it's yeah it's it's i think it's my favorite wes anderson movie 
Nice. Wow. Yeah, no, I would really like to see it again, but it's way up there for me. It was I'm I'm a huge Moonrise fan. I love Bottle Rocket. I love Rushmore. So I don't know where I but yeah. So you say this is your favorite, your number one of the year? What's that? This is your number one of the year? It was, but I think it's pretty tied with my number two, which I don't know. I don't know if you have a horror category, but No. (laughs) But we can we can do that. Let's do a mic interlude. What was your number one of uh the weird okay. oddities. Well, Andrew, do you have anything to say about French Dispatch? It doesn't seem like you're too enthused. Oh. Wow. There you go. Andrew. Yeah. Oh my God. It. it looks like I am Little Miss Movies. Yeah, um, it, okay. It, I, I, I didn't want to see it. Wow. What do you think, of, do you think about that? Interesting. That's shocking. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Number one for me. And okay, here's the thing. This is technically a movie that came out in 2020, but it came out in October 2020. It's a very tiny movie. I watched it in 2021. It is The Kid Detective. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, Adam Brody. Yes. Loved I'm going to put that shared with the French Dispatch for my favorite movie of 2021. It's um, such an odd movie, but it's great. Really, really funny and unexpectedly moving and really stuck with me yeah like absolutely. emotionally um absolutely and it got me to watch the entirety of the oc just to get more of adam brody because we're just mike really i think you i think you'd guy. really like the the kid detective yeah that's on my radar but i don't think i i don't know if we've ever gotten it like at the library or anything that's usually kind of how i catch up with new stuff so i'll have to i'll have to find it elsewhere but it's on my list. I yeah. remember you really liking it when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was great. That was an Andrew wreck. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was awesome. So that's that and French. And I'm two for two, baby. Movie of the year. Yes, you are. You are. Um, okay. Well then, Mike interlude. Yes. Um, should I do my 2021 ranked? I want to uh, do this. I want to get. I want to get my eyes on this horror thing. Yeah. What was number one? So let's, my let's second favorite was Malignant. Um, oh yes. Yes, I think Malignant is an interesting film. Yeah, Kit bro. would hate it, so don't see it, Kit. No, but, I won't. Um, but <coughs> I'm shocked. Yeah, it was. No, uh, I'm it's with a really you. Hated weird it. movie, and it's I think so I talked. Weird. To, yeah, I think I talked. Yeah, to we've about talked it. about it. Yeah, it was basically like I watched it. It was on HBO Max, and I was like, you know what? It, I like the poster, and I'm hearing like not good yeah, buzz, but interesting buzz. <laughs> Um, it's James one. So, you got to check it out. Exactly. So that's, that's kind of my tipping thing. I was like, yeah, it's like, how bad could it be? Um, and so I started it and it's like, I think it's about a two hour movie. So I'm like halfway into the movie and the whole time I'm like, this is kind of shitty. Like this just is so, it's just not my style. I don't know. But the whole time I'm also like, this is kind of crazy. And like, what happens next? And I realized oh, for sure, like right before something key happens, I was like, I think I like this movie. Like, I think this is actually a good movie and it's just a bad movie pitched up to like, you know, 11, mm-hmm. as they say. Uh, but it's like Mike Central, the Mike sweet spot. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, and then this thing happens toward the middle of the movie. And I was just like, holy shit, I fucking love this movie. And uh, Andrew, yep. I guess. Yeah, OK, you know what I'm talking about. And I am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just because it's just it's really weird. It's really gross. It's very predictable, but it's still very compelling. And it's just like and it's also I mean, there's surprises throughout, but it's just kind of like by the time the movie's over, you're kind of like, well, yeah, makes sense. But uh, I don't know. It's just it's a bizarre movie. And yes. it it feels like it cost like three hundred million dollars. And I think it was <laughs> I don't think it was. No, I mean, it's like I think I think it's like tw- like maybe 30 to 40 or something like that. But it, okay. see, to to yeah, I think he. He squeezes every dime out of that. And there aren't like a ton of like locations. So you can feel like the walls of that house she's in are just oozing with the money that, you know, from the budget. It's incredibly shot. 
It's yes. such a technical movie. They're, they're, the, the visual ideas in the movie are, are milked for everything they're worth. Um, I, but there are also like really significant problems. Like there was, they do the, um, the lights out thing where like, you know, in the dark, there's a shadow, but when you turn the lights on, it's instantly gone. And then they do the thing with like the couch, you know, where it's like, it's like, oh, there's something sitting on the couch, but we can't, there's nothing there. And then mm. that ends up being a thing that doesn't even make its way into the mythology at all. Like it actually right. makes no fucking sense. <laughs> um, so there are like significant problems with this movie. Um but it is just so insane. It's made by a guy who absolutely knows how to make a fucking movie. Yeah. Um, I, I did. The, I had. I had the same experience where, like, we're we were watching it. Um, I watched it with Kit's sister and and some other people, and it was just like we were at the. I think probably the first forty five minutes, we're laughing at this thing because it's like so insane. Because it's like mm-hmm. you start the movie, they're in like a lab, and there's like a you know <laughs> a comic book villain or something, and then then the next. In the next scene, there's a woman who's being like uh, you know, suffering from domestic abuse, and she's pregnant, and like the violence is kind of like, whoa, yeah, um, and yeah, and it just keeps escalating and escalating, and then I, I don't know, I just think it's like a series of very very good ideas, um, held up by incredible visuals that um that don't and the ideas just don't always connect to each other yeah but it's but it's but, always worth your time that's the thing they it, even when it doesn't connect it kind of feels like rather than them like so maybe compared to something like last night in soho it's like so in last night in soho if something doesn't work you're kind of like i don't know because it just kind of doesn't have the energy to it with malignant mm-hmm. right. it's like something doesn't work but they're like i don't give a shit and then they start like <laughs> cutting a bunch of stuff up and something explodes and it's just kind of like it's like crank like it just has this yeah. energy where yes. like you for, for me personally i can't help but not just really like it and it, it's like i don't care if it's like actually a good movie it's just like i really enjoyed really yes. enjoyed it yes and but and yes. here's the thing like i mean it's so fun to see cuz here's the thing james wan you know he started out as you know he he as the uh, i think he sold <laughs> saw when he was like 17 um and he had some duds for a while, and then he made kind of a comeback with Insidious, and he's just kind of grown from there. I mean, yeah. he's had he's got like his own style, and it's but it's getting like going away and doing Furious Seven and Aquaman was probably like a very good thing for him, which isn't usually true for you know indie <laughs> no. directors. Yeah, but That's I feel like he one. took all of that experience <laughs> and just like shoved it back into this movie. Uh, when when I tell you, I mean, Kit, you're never going to watch this movie, but when I tell you that a person walking backwards has, like, the best action scene of the year and it's in Can a I... $30 million horror movie, it's <laughs> so like, I, I actually I mean, it's do know wild. about that yeah. because I predicted the movie. Of course you did. Yeah. What's that? I told Because oh, like, Lee, Lee was telling me about it and I said, is it titled this because of this? And then that's actually it's actually, like, her. Uh, and he was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the ending's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love the ending. Uh, it's a crazy movie. Uh, I almost think Kit should watch it. I think she should watch I it. I saw a little bit of it. Lee showed me certain parts of it. And there's one part I remember. It's just a shot I remember of like a guy and like his kitchen is in the background. Mm-hmm. And I think I just said to Lee, I was like, look, I can't really watch these movies, but I acknowledge that nobody shoots a scary fucking house like James Wan. Yeah. <laughs> like, he rocks, like, man. He's just, he just fucking rocks. Oh, 
Also, I know that. Okay, well, I know we're about there, but the uh, there's one other thing about this movie I have to mention is uh, there's a scene where her sister is going to uh, an asylum to investigate this mystery that's going on. Mm-hmm. An insane scene. Yes. An insane well, scene. So, and the whole movie is like, it's it's all kind of blue. It's like very like kind of clean and almost like sterile looking, very digital yes. looking. Yes. And then like she's driving <laughs> along the cliffside and there's like this that's... gothic, like beautiful gothic in asylum, like, you it's know, l- with like yeah. black clouds rolling around and everything. It's, it's for like no the 2000, <laughs> it's like the 2000 house on Haunted Hill. Like it's yes. like an art, <laughs> yeah. an, an art deco building yeah. outside of <laughs> Seattle, apparently. Right. And yeah. then she, and then she drives and it's on a cliff and it's like, yo, the first time it rains, that thing's falling off the side of the cliff. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and when she she pulls up to it, she drives to the side of the building that's on the cliff and parks her Prius six inches from the cliff and gets out and just like clicks the clicks the lock close. And I'm just like, what is wrong with this person? Why would you? Because yeah. like, think about being in a car and you know when you get you know you 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 when you get kind of too close to some to to the car in front of you when you're par- you're parallel parking and it's like. You actually probably have a few more inches than you think you do, but it's like, mm-hmm. and it's like she did that. She did. She did that with a cliff that would have taken her life. Anyway, it's it's a stupid detail, but just like I was. I mean, there's funny shit in this movie, and I don't know if it's all intentional, but I definitely think some of it is. Yeah, good one. It's a good one. Okay. Do you, uh, is there do time, time for you to have? say your number one? What's that? Is there time for you to say your number one? That oh, my number one was uh, French Dispatch. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So it was, get it. Yeah. And those are really the two I will carry with me. I think The Last Duel was good. I would like to see it again. Um, my number four was A Quiet Place Part Two. Oh, uh, yeah. That was and good. Then, yeah. My number five was Dune, which I think would get higher marks, but it's a half of a movie. It's and a half so, a movie. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, um, so what, do you want to do another category? No, no. Let's, I don't think let's, we have time. Yeah, let's okay, not. Let's let's stop. I, I've got some stuff I, I want to talk about. I'm going to talk okay. about, um, let's do one more section, and I want to do um, movies that I hated from this year. Okay. 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 So my other section is action franchises, which is going to be a countdown to the worst movie of the year. That's fine. For me. Well, maybe okay. maybe this would be a good place to split. And so have we're going to talk about bad kind of our stuff. Best, and then okay. now, next episode, we can talk about bad stuff. Well, I, I, have, I still have to talk about the good stuff. <laughs> Sure. Right. So, do you want to do your good stuff? Okay. Instead of All right, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't have an order to these, but these are movies that I just really, really liked. Um. Obviously, Power of the Dog, Last Duel, West Side Story. Um. Movies that I really like. I liked Dune. Uh, I agree. It's only half a movie. Green Knight. I liked. Um. Suicide Squad ended up being like a big surprise to me. Um. It, the Suicide it, Squad. The Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just felt like, you know, I like James Gunn. I think he makes very, very fun blockbusters. Um, and this felt like, it felt like him getting fired is like the best thing that ever happened to his ability to make a movie. Because it's like, okay, I'm going to go do the Guardians of the Galaxy thing, but I'm going to have complete fucking control. Bob Iger is not going to be, you know, breathing down my neck. Um, so, and it just, it was such a, it was very similar to Guardians in a lot of ways, but in all the ways it's not, it's so much better. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was just a very, very big surprise movie, a sequel to a devastatingly horrible movie um, 
that also reinvents it. And it's just like the kind of thing where it's like, you know, we're in this culture right now where if you make a bad movie, you can just reboot it two years later. Yeah. Um, and so it's mm-hmm. like I've kind of been dreading, you know, because I, I felt like I, you know, I, I want to see a James Gunn movie. He's, he's only makes so many. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, uh, Shiva Baby is a um, mm. a movie about a uh, Jewish girl who goes to a um, I think it's like a, a funeral or something like that. Uh, what's the, what's the thing after the funeral? The you know you go to the funeral, then you go to somebody's house, and eat a bunch like of food. The, and... uh, the wake. Yeah, the wake. So she yeah, goes okay. to she goes to like a, a wake with in the Jewish community, and it's and uh, and her um, what's it called? Uh, sugar daddy's there. Um, and so it's just about that. And she's, you know, kind of self destruct It's kind of a comedy. It's just kind of tense. It's, mm. it's good though. Uh, very small movie. Um, uh, Finch was a movie that I just watched on a whim, um, and really, really liked. Uh, it, uh I, I kind of told myself that I didn't like it. And then I found myself crying. Um, yeah, that feels like a very Andrew movie. Classic, classic Andrew movie. Classic Andrew me. movie, yeah. Um, <laughs> like a boy and his dog or something like a that. A robot, but, um, a dog, Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 very good, I think. Um, Lamb, which threw me through a loop. I fucking loved it. Very, very good movie. Um, sort of a horror movie, but it's just, again, it's, 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 this this would be like in your odds and ends. It's so fucking weird. It's about an Icelandic couple who um, find a uh, who's one of their sheep gives birth to like a half human, half yes. sheep, and then they just raise it as their child. Um, anyway, it's it's very smart. Hybrid babies are very big this year. Hybrid yeah. babies and and car fucking like car, car fucking. Yes, I will talk about Titan in the next in the next episode. Okay, um, so <laughs> great to see that one. That was Lee's movie of the yeah, year. Yeah, it's that good. And the other one about a car. Um, Pig. I loved Pig. Uh, Nicolas Cage continues to be one of our treasures. And I think I think, in a lot of ways, this isn't a very Nicolas Cagey performance. In an, but I also think it is a very Nicolas Cagey performance. I wish performance. he was in the conversation for yeah. award recognition. Yeah, me too. But know? here's the thing. I think, I think Nicolas Cage might be back. Maybe not quite yet, but he's got a... He's got a he's got a a somewhat biggish comedy Malkovich. coming out, mm-hmm. which might not do him any favors. But he's also going to be playing Dracula um, with some other big stars. Anytime I see mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage in a movie with other people who aren't doing <laughs> straight to video movies, I think, yes. oh, this could be good. <laughs> we got yes. a chance here. Without um, and Nicolas Cage in a movie where everyone else isn't Romanian is yes, like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. If the movie wasn't made in. Uh, you know, any Slavic country, you're usually you're usually good. Um, uh, I won't talk about No Time to Die because I'm sure it's in your action list. Mm-hmm. Um, Licorice Pizza, just saw that, loved okay. it. Okay, that's on my list so, to see. It's really funny, Mike. Okay, it's probably it's probably my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie after Punch Drunk Love. Okay, cool. maybe that could be maybe more that's than Magnolia. True. Oh yeah, I liked it better. I mean, I love Magnolia, but I know I knew that I liked it more than Magnolia after okay. seeing it. I I really adored it. Um, I think um, I think the actors are all very good. I love that you know it's fun seeing like very good, like well directed amateur actors, and then just populated by like insane performances. You know, peppered in from uh big uh you know. 
big actors who are just having fun um, chewing the scenery. Um, it's a sweaty movie, so Kit probably won't be able to watch it, but it is good. I, I'm I do not recommend interested. it. <laughs> um, oh, Come On, Come On. I don't usually like Mike Mills movies, but I really, really liked Come On, Come On. Um, it's gorgeous to look at, um, and uh, Joaquin is amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. It's uh, it's very sad, but also uh, has a very happy ending. Um, yeah, and I'll save everything else for the next episode. All right, cool. Thanks for joining us tonight, folks. And uh, be sure to join us for part two, our thrilling conclusion to the best of 2021, uh, where we will go through some of our worst of, probably some more of our best of, and just movies in general, as well as our favorite new discoveries. And we will announce our Tom Cruise of the year. Uh, slow motion triple feature was recorded in, I don't know, in our apartments, in our houses. Uh, I didn't write anything clever this week. Uh, special thanks to our producer Lee, the man in the booth who makes us sound great. If you'd like to contact us, please do so at slowmotiontriple at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs>